Hey there, everybody. Angela Bowen here, the host of many 80s and 90s TV show podcasts, such as Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Looking back at my Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Together we're going to find our way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. Tea Time with Mr. Belvedere, a Mr. Belvedere podcast. Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast. She's a Small Wonder, a Small Wonder podcast. As well as a 2016 show podcast entitled I Left My Heart in Everwood, an Everwood podcast that will be debuting on January 6th with the first episode. Of course, I want to take it back, not to the 80s, but to the late 70s with a new podcast entitled Different Strokes to Move the World, an unofficial Different Strokes podcast. Now, just to be upfront with you, this podcast is not going to be an episode-by-episode, season-by-season podcast. It's just I'm going to pick select episodes that really stood out to me and ones I really want to talk about and kind of, you know, jump around a little bit here and there. Um, Also, I'll be open to listener requests if you guys have an episode you'd like me to cover I haven't. You can uh, just pop on the Facebook page at the Different Strokes to Move the World, Different Strokes Podcast Facebook page, which is now up and running. On Instagram, it's going to be under the LBOM one, excuse me, (laughs) no, it's going to be under the Punky Power PV Podcast because Different Strokes was an NBC show, same as Punky Brewster, same as Silver Spoon, so I'm kind of keeping them all under the same roof. So here's a little bit of my history with different strokes. I recently watched the whole series over the course of 2019. I started it in like February or March and then carried through all the way. I think I finished it in um, just around Thanksgiving of 2019. This show really spoke to me. From the characters to the storylines, I really enjoyed watching these characters grow and develop over the course of eight seasons. You know, Arnold and Willis, Kimberly, them going from Mrs. Garrett to Adelaide to finally Pearl, the housekeeper. And it's just, it's kind of funny because Mrs. Garrett was not on there very long and all of a sudden it's like, who is this lady? Adelaide? I don't know if I like her. It took me a hot second to warm up to Adelaide, but by the time I did, Adelaide was already gone. Or she was like, where'd you go? And then Pearl comes in, and I'm like, I love her too. All of the housekeepers have such a way with the kids and everything. And it's just, they're so integrated into the family. Uh, one character I was not really fan, a fan of, and I was happy when they like, got her out of there, was, um, it's a Dodie Goodson, um, who played, she actually was on uh, a couple episodes of the first season of Punky Brewster. She played... Punky's teacher, but in Different Strokes, she played uh, Philip Drummond's sister, and I'm just like, I can't stand this lady. I could stand her on Punky Brewster. I could stand the character on Punky Brewster if I loved her, but this other lady, uh, no, I did not. She's annoying and cloying and just... I don't know. She's just grated on my nerves, <laughs> this, this this lady. Another reason that, you know, I really am attached to this show 
is that this show really helped me as I dealt with the devastating blow of my father's passing in March of 2019. It really, the show became a comfort to me and with the characters and everything. I mean, even some, you could probably even refer to it like comfort food. I just, I really got attached to the characters. I really enjoyed watching them grow and going through different, um, different problems. Granted, towards the end of the show, I definitely could see, like, some of the storylines were just so far out in left field. It's like they weren't even on Earth anymore. They had split off and spun out so far past the clouds, they were out in orbit. It's like, what? One episode in particular, I remember, the episode where Arnold and Willis find an old tape of their mother's voice, and Arnold finally gets up the courage to visit his mother's grave. This really broke me because I resonated with what Arnold was going through. After I finished the episode, I cried in my husband's arms about how much I missed my dad. It just really hit me because this was like probably a couple to a few months after and I really hadn't let myself really feel my dad's absence. But it's just something about Arnold just sitting there trying to find the words to talk to his mother, you know, her headstone and everything. And, you know, um, Philip Drummond was there at that point. He was, uh, had adopted the boys. He was their stepdad and, uh, stepdad, excuse me, um, adopted father. And it just, oh my gosh, it just tore me up inside. You know, I guess what I'm really trying to say is this show means so much to me and it is very close and near and dear to my heart, as is all the shows I cover. That is why I do my best to treat them with the love and respect that they deserve. Of course, my intentions for this podcast are to cover select episodes like I do on my other podcasts, like Growing Pains, Mr. Belvedere, and Full House. To start off, this is going to be like a monthly podcast, and maybe eventually down the road, like when it comes time to finish Silver Spoons, I will do more of different strokes. Some of, you know, those very special episodes, um, I knew about the Bicycle Man episode long before I actually saw it because, you know, it's on YouTube and it's one of the most talked about episodes of Different Strokes is that episode. And Gordon Jump, who plays the Bicycle Man, I knew him from Growing Pains. He played Maggie Seaver's father and see, you know, he played the Bicycle Man before Growing Pains so with this recollection in mind, like, that was all I had of him to go on. And to see him play a child molester just really ugh, was very hard. That episode was very hard to stomach. And the fact that it was a two-parter is just like, oh, my God. Because, believe me, I mean, you guys know, this stuff still goes on today. And I like that with these special episodes, they are letting kids, parents know, watch your kids. Make sure they aren't left alone or put into situations like this. So I did pull a little bit of information up, of course, of uh, through Wikipedia, just to kind of go through the basis of the show, the, the seasons and stuff like that, um, talking about the special episodes. So... Alright, Different Strokes is an American sitcom television series that aired on NBC from November 3rd, 1978. That is really, really late, isn't it? No, I mean, it 
it aired on November 3rd. That's, like, really late in the game. Most shows in the fall debut, like, probably mid to late September, maybe October, but November is kind of unheard of. All right, so it aired from November 3rd, 1978 to May 4, 1985. And on ABC, from September 2785 to March 7th of 1986. The series stars Gary Coleman and Todd Bridges. R.I.P., of course, Gary Coleman. The stars Arnold and Willis Jackson, two African-American boys from Harlem who are taken in by a rich white Park Avenue businessman and widower named Philip Drummond, who is played by Conrad Bain. And his daughter, Kimberly... Played by Dana Plato, rest in peace, R.I.P., for whom their deceased mother previously worked. So, yes, um, Arnold and Willis's mother did work for Philip Drummond for a short period of time and had it made out in her will that if something happened to her, um, that the boys would end up living with him she had put that in her will because at that time their father was had passed on and you know the their mother was the only person only relative that those boys had so to ensure their you know financial stability and that i mean she knew that drummond was a good man you know he had a daughter of his own and actually i think about it so that if she was a housekeeper before Mrs. Garrett came along then. Because, as I've said, over the course of eight seasons, we do see three housekeepers. We have Mrs. Garrett, who later will go on to the Facts of Life and be the... Is it the... What is it? There's, like, the headmaster and the headmaster. She basically watches over the kids at the girls at Kimberly's boarding school. Uh, we have... Adelaide, who comes in, and then we have Mrs. Garrett for the last, I think it's what, season six through eight, I believe? No, wait, I think it's season five, because Adelaide must come in in, like, late season two through season four. During the first season and first half of the second season, Charlotte Ray also started the Drummond's housekeeper, Mrs. Edna Garrett, who ultimately spun off into her own sitcom, The Facts of Life. I do have that show. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. Now that it's a new year, I'm trying to decide which show I want to watch next. I um, also got the show Good Times, uh, Facts of Life. I got the whole series now of, um, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> Of Give Me a Break with Nell Carter. Just, I just, I love Different Strokes so much. And I really like to, to see other, other shows around that time period and stuff like that. The series made stars out of child actors Gary Coleman, Todd Bridges, and Dana Plato. And became known for the very special episodes in which serious issues such as racism, illegal drug use, alcoholism, hitchhiking, kidnapping, and child sexual abuse were dramatically explored. Yes, um, definitely kidnapping is done a couple times. Um, I think that's how season eight opens with Sam is missing. Um, Sam is the son of Maggie. Maggie will later become Philip's wife in 
season seven, I believe, season six, they get married at the end of season six. And they add a little adorable Danny Cooksey. He's such a cutie pie. So, seasons one through four, 1978 to 1982. The first season very much covered everyday life of this unusual family lineup. Dana Plato, although billed on the opening credits, did not appear in every episode as her character was often said to be away at her private school. The character would become more regular later in the first season and across the second season. During the first season, the unseen character of The Gooch is first mentioned, a supposedly mean, hulking, but not very bright bully at Arnold's school. First featured in the first season episode of The Fight, where he is said to be bullying Arnold at school. The Gooch went on to be the focus of several future episodes and is mentioned in countless others right across the front run of the series. Charlotte Ray appeared in every first season episode as Edna Garrett and is present for most of the second season, but is absent in several episodes late on in the season, before leaving to star in her own spin-off, The Facts of Life. Set at Kimberly's private school, Kimberly herself did not become a regular character in that series, although the two shows had a number of crossovers. I know at one point in the show, Kimberly does tell her dad she does want to go to private school. I, not private school, but uh, public school, I'm sorry. Let's see. Alright, although the two shows had a number of crossovers. Following Ray's departure near the end of the second season, Nedra Volz took over as a housekeeper, the older and crankier Adelaide Brubaker. Although she was not added to the opening credits, instead always being credited with the guest cast on the closing credits, Volz appeared as a frequent semi-regular character. Also first seen in the second season, we have Arnold's best friend Dudley, initially called Dudley Ramsey, later Dudley Johnson. The character went on to be featured in many episodes, both school-based and otherwise, throughout the show's run. During the fourth season, Dodie Goodman, oh my goodness, oh yeah, was introduced as Philip's Dodie sister, Sophia. Oh my goodness, I could not stand, like, oh, I gotta see her again. <laughs> Luckily, she went away. I think she, like, got married or something. But she came back. All three housekeepers and um, Sophia come back for Philip's wedding. Let's see, also appearing on a semi regular basis. She effectively filled the same function as Adelaide as the older female character in many stories. Seasons 5 through 6, 1982 to 1984. In season 5, Mary Jo Catlett, I'm sure I mispronounced her last name, I'm sorry, Mary Jo, portrayed Pearl Gallagher, the last of the three maids, and joined the cast as a series regular. Pearl appeared in almost every episode until the final season, midway through season six. Dana Plato became pregnant and approached the producers of the show to include her pregnancy. I didn't know. Don't think that was going to... No, they were never going to do that. And Oh, okay. Initially, they agreed to add it. All right. But then, of course, later they decided not to add the pregnancy. With Plato's publicized brushes with substance abuse contributing to this decision, resulting in her dismissal from the series. All right. Wow. That's what I was kind of thinking. Wouldn't that be... I mean, the show's already known for doing special episodes, right? I mean, there's even one that's not so much a special episode about where Willis almost loses his... Re Genity with his girlfriend Charlene, who is played by 
Charlene or Charmaine? Charlene. Charlene Dupre, who is played by Michael Jackson's older sister, I believe, right? Um, Janet Jackson. And there's an episode where he almost loses his virginity to his girlfriend, but, but, and then later on in, like, season eight, they try to pull something like that with Arnold, and it's just, it's goofy and over the top, and it's ridiculous, at least with growing up, you know, Willis and Charlene, you know, take this seriously, because it's a, a really big deal and everything like that, but I just, when they did that with Arnold, it's like, ay ay ay. Actually, a Wonder Years, um, actor is in like the season eight jason hervey plays arnold's friend charlie which i guess he has a lot of friends kind of swapping in and out um dudley and then you also have robbie jason and then occasionally you'll bring in charlie because both kids are like strawberry blondish well Robbie Jason is. So, oh, uh, we also have the uh, Arnold's nemesis, Lisa, that we'll meet later on. And she carries through all the way to the end. All the way to the end. And they kind of have, Arnold and Lisa kind of have a love-hate relationship. So Plato's character, Kimberly, was written out of the storyline, so the explanation that she moved to Paris to study for a couple of years. Plato did not appear as a regular cast member in the final two seasons of the series, but she made several guest appearances. At the same time, ratings were beginning to fall, so new characters were added to open up f future storylines. We had Dixie Carter, who played Maggie, and Danny Cooksey, portrayed <laughs> recently divorced television aerobics instructor Margaret Maggie McKinney and her son Sam McKinney. Carter was introduced midway into the sixth season after she left for California. Drummond and the family took off after her during a two-part trip in February 1984, a storyline which also introduced Sam. Philip proposed to Maggie, and they married. Several past characters attend the wedding ceremony, including Dudley, Aunt Sophia, Adelaide, and Mrs. Garrett. All right, so season seven, 1984-85. In the seventh season, Dixie Carter and Danny Cooksey were added to the opening credits, with Carter getting special and billing last in the order, which I think in Silver Spoons, Joel Higgins gets that and Joel Higgins, so... And many new areas and ideas were explored in the storylines, as viewers now got to see Philip as a happily married man. Dana Plato was no longer appearing as the main cast member because of her pregnancy in real life. The producers felt that the pregnancy wouldn't be acceptable. I can understand where they would probably go that route. So she was dropped from the show and returned for the season finale, a special friend, as a guest star. Also, since there was a new fresh-faced kid in the house with Sam, Arnold now had his own little sidekick and was happy to be a big brother for a change. And with Willis being dropped into the background slightly, this new brotherly duo took center stage for many storylines. In the season, Todd Bridges was continuing the show as a main cast member, but developed absences in several episodes. Additionally, stories focused on Arnold's school life featured occasionally in many previous seasons were delved into much more. The ratings did not improve to NBC's hopes. Dixie Carter departed at the end of the seventh season and was replaced with Mary Ann Mobley in the eighth season. Actually, when I was watching this um, early on in the show, one of Arnold's teachers actually was played by Mary Ann Mobley, and Jeremy was like, oh yeah, that's Mary Ann Mobley. She's going to come back later on in the show. 
And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, Dixie Carter, I believe, uh, did go on to be in Designing Women. So I think that's what happened there. Season 8, 1985-86. In the spring of 1985, NBC canceled the series because of poor ratings. ABC picked up the series for an eighth season and aired it Friday nights. In this season, Marianne Mobley replaced Dixie Carter as Maggie McKinley Drummond. Mobley, who had previously played an unrelated one-off love interest of Drummond's in the second season episode, Teacher's Pet. Okay, yeah, yep, I remember that. Was considered for Maggie when the role was created, but she was not initially chosen in part due to age disparity between her and Conrad Bain. Okay... ABC canceled the series after 19 episodes and aired its episodes and aired its final episodes on March 7th, 1986. Final episode on March 7th, 1986. The show returned to ABC's schedule in June for three months of summer reruns, which ended on August 30th, 1986. The final season ranked 76th out of 106 shows and averaged an 11.5 household rating. That is not good. <laughs> All right. Outside of the German household, there were a large number of supporting characters seen over the years. Philip's slightly doughty sister, Sophia, played by Doughty Goodman, was regularly seen in the fourth season playing matchmaker for her brother in hopes of getting Philip to marry again. Dudley Johnson, played by is it Shavar Ross, was Arnold's new best friend, whom, like Arnold, was also adopted, with whom he shared many memorable childhood scrapes. Some of these were important or serious storylines under the very special episode heading, which different strokes popularized. Uh, Ted Ramsey was Dudley's adoptive father who turned up occasionally in the third season. Janet Jackson played Willis's girlfriend, Charlene Dupre. She was a frequent reoccurring character until season six when Charlene and Willis decided to break up but remain friends. Other classmates and friends of Arnold seen over time included Robbie Jason, played by Stephen Maud, and snobby, snobby Lisa Hayes, who I just met, played by Nikki Swasey who initially was sweet on Arnold but later came to despise him, leading to hatred between the pair and many squabbles. Miss Chung, played by Rosalind Chow, was Arnold's teacher. In the fall of 1985, when the series moved to ABC, Arnold, Dudley, and Lisa entered high school, where they gained a new friend in Charlie, played by Jason Hervey from The Wonder Years, who played Wayne Arnold. Um, another character that, I don't know, did they mention her here? I don't see it. Um, let me look it up, because this character was... Also a special character that had a physical disability. So the character of Kathy Gordon is played by Melanie Watson. She first appears in Season 3, Episode 8, entitled Count Your Blessings. When Arnold finds out that he will only grow to be 5 foot tall, he becomes very depressed. To make him feel better, Drummond introduces him to a friend's daughter who is very upbeat despite being confined to a wheelchair. She has uh, four episodes, season three being the first, then we have Kathy, then we have Hall Monitor, and then her final episode in Kathy's Olympics. So, um, I just, I liked her character. She was a little snippy, I mean, but, you know, she was confined to a wheelchair, she didn't take anyone's crap. She was sure enough to put you in your place and tell you how things are. Like, if you're going to be a sad sack, it's like, uh, no. 
Like, this girl's in a wheelchair. Like, life could be a lot worse. But I just, I liked her character. Just because she was in a wheelchair didn't mean she let things get her down. And she didn't take guff from no one. I like that. An oft-mentioned character spanning the entire show's run was The Gooch, a notorious bully at Arnold's school, first mentioned in the first season episode of The Fight, which revolves around his bullying of Arnold. His name is mentioned in numerous episodes, and his bullying of Arnold returned as the center of several plots. With Arnold's frequent descriptions of him as a burly, troublesome brute, forever looking for trouble but not very intelligent. But the character never actually appeared on screen. In season 7, after years of harassing Arnold, and later Sam, the gooch was finally defeated by Arnold's neighbor and nemesis, Carmella, who, of course, had a major crush on Willis, I remember that. Alright, very special episodes. Different Strokes was also known for its many very special episodes, most notably an anti-drug episode, The Reporter, in Season 5, that featured First Lady Nancy Reagan, who promoted her Just Say No campaign. And I remember because she that was also done on an episode of Punky Brewster in Season 2 entitled Just Say No see uh and the bicycle man a two-part episode that guest starred jordan or gordon jump as a pedophile who lures arnold and dudley into his bicycle shop and attempts to molest them an episode involved a con artist played by whitman mayo posing as a relative of arnold and willis's in an attempt to get in access to the inheritance they were left by a former neighbor um, yeah, actually, well, that's not really a really special episode, but what Whitman Mayo, the first time I saw him would have been in the Full House Season 5 episode, The Volunteer, where he plays a man living in a nursing home where DJ volunteers, and unfortunately, he is suffering from the early signs of Alzheimer's. So, but when I see him, when I saw him play a con man in this, I'm like, oh, come on, God. Granted, he did play the con man here before he was, you know, playing Eddie on the uh, Full House episode and stuff. It's just, it's just kind of funny seeing some of these people I've seen in other things and then seeing them, like, probably back in their earlier days of playing characters on this show, it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Another episode involved Kimberly's new boyfriend Roger not allowing his sister to go to their school's costume ball with Willis because he is African American. A less serious episode had Kimberly's hair turning green from acid rain. Um, I'm gonna tell you, and you guys probably already know if you've seen Different Strokes, that racism, the boys dealing with racism is very heavily prevalent, especially in the beginning of the show's run. The boys, it seems like a lot of people are out to, like, um, especially like when there is a lady from social services, she wanted to make sure, you know, the boys were being taken care of, and she straight up says to Philip Drummond, I think these boys would be better with an African-American family. And actually, that reminds me of an uh, episode of This Is Us, I think maybe season probably two or three, or was it one, where um, it was a flashback episode with Jack and Rebecca, and of course, they had taken baby Randall, who's African-American, 
into their home. Of course, you can't just take a baby from the hospital and say it's yours. You actually have to go through adoption proceedings and all of that. And they did. And the judge was an African-American who did tell them, I feel for the best interest of the baby or toddler that he should be placed with an African-American baby that he would flourish a lot better if, you know, he was placed in with a different family. And it turns out um, they were awarded custody, so they got they got to adopt baby Randall. And it just this show definitely was one of one of a kind where you'd never seen anything like this before where a white man takes into, you know, African American children and, and raises them and everything and it got a lot of flack for that. Um, on YouTube, I believe, there is um, the E! True Hollywood Story did a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff with shows and interviews with cast members and everything. And I remember Todd Bridges even saying in the beginning that when they got a lot of hate mail. A lot of hate mail. A lot of people were not happy with this show. just seemed outlandish with how it was portraying this, like, like I said, it had never been done before, it had never even been heard of, and <clears throat> that's the thing with new ideas, that odds are if it's not been done before, people are gonna untrust, they're not gonna trust it, they're not gonna think it's gonna be done well, and it just should, or it shouldn't be done at all, but Different Strokes got, that's, and granted, this show came out before I was even born, and I, like I said, I just, I watched all the episodes it took most of 2019 to do because there's eight seasons, but I really, like I said, I gravitated towards the show. I really liked it. I know it gives that, um, if you even want to refer to it, like Rags to Riches story, um, we have Silver Spoons where little Ricky Stratton finds out that, you know, his father is the owner of a toy empire, kind of a... Yeah, just that kind of scenario, so. Honestly, this makes for good television, and it really does give good lessons in its episodes, and it really drives home the point on a lot of things. And one thing I noticed as I was watching the show in later seasons, as far as it comes to Willis, was the fact that in the he was very, from the moment he walked into Drummond's house, he had a chip on his shoulder. It's almost like he had one foot over the threshold and one foot still outside the door. Like, he wasn't really ready to, you know, welcome this new life that he is being brought into. And it took a while. You know, he and Drummond didn't always see eye to eye, when it came, especially when it came to Arnold's upbringing, because in a way, with the parents being gone, Willis has stepped into the parental role of both being both mama and papa to Arnold taking on the discipline. Drummond says, I'm here now. You just need to worry about being a kid. And Willis a lot of the time is always like in Philip's face about like, oh, that's racist or you see in white and I see in black and stuff like that. And I noticed later on in the series, it's like that chip on his shoulder just starts to get slowly ground down to it's almost nothing. It's like there was an episode, I think it was like season eight, and I couldn't really, 
understand. All of a sudden, um, it was like Arnold and Dudley and Charlie were joining a club, and then uh, I can't remember what the club was, but it was something. All of a sudden, it was like about racism, and I'm like, well, where did that come from? Because I'm watching the episode, and I'm not getting any of that, and you throw that out there. And then all of a oh, yeah, it was, um, I thought Willis was going to have a heck of a reaction. Like, we're going to see old Willis. And he didn't really have a reaction. Like, I'm 100% behind you, Arnold. And, and that. But we, it just seemed like, yeah, definitely towards the end of the show's run, when they brought in Sam, Arnold and Sam were the big brother, little brother duo instead of Willis and Arnold, who were the bro little big brother, little brother duo for a long time. And it seems like that is the same concept. They did it with the Brady Bunch. They did it, you know, here with different strokes. They did it with Growing Pains, with Cosby Show, with um, Step by Step. They actually took a kid out of Step by Step because I was like, it's on Hulu. And I was watching like towards the end. That little girl, I believe the character's name is Lily. And that's a girl from the Welch's Grape Juice commercial. She's got a really creepy smile. But um, Jeremy's like, didn't they have another boy on that show? Because I know Frank, played by Patrick Duffy, had, he had JT, he had Brendan, and then he also had Al, which I can't remember what that was short for. Um, and Carol, of course, had Mark... And, um, Dana and, what the heck was the other one? There's Dana and then there is, I can't remember, the brown, the brunette's name. The one that everyone always made fun of. Anyway, Brendan, like, was gone. And it's like, no explanation. It's kind of like Grounded for Life, that show where the last season, they had three kids. At the very last episode, they do have, like, another daughter. But for all of season five, it's like, where's Henry? Where'd Henry go? And it turns out that the the boys' parents just felt like they weren't getting what they needed from the show. And they decided to kind of, you know, move forward their lives in a different direction. But I think even Married with Children did the same thing where they added a kid for a short amount of time. All in the Family was another one that did it. Family Ties, I think I mentioned that one. Which, if you think about it, if you hold up Family Ties and Growing Pains together, they're both on different networks, but they both similar stories as far as two girls and a boy, and then they add another boy later. On Growing Pains, it's two boys and a girl, and then they add a girl later. And Chris... Chrissy on Growing Pains, Andy on, you know, uh, Family Ties, and the same thing with the with the intros, the pictures too. And that's similar. I know I'm getting way off tangent here, but in an episode of on the dangers of hitchhiking, Kimberly and Arnold, who were out in the cold weather and didn't have money for a cab or bus fare, were abducted by a serial kidnapper rapist, played by Woody. Is it N-A-E-N-E-Y? Who initially acted as a good Samaritan by giving the two of them a ride and inviting them to his apartment. After the man's true nature became known, Arnold's 
escaped to look for help, and the man nearly raped Kimberly before the police arrived to arrest him. At the end of the episode, Conrad Bain, in an out-of-character PSA, spoke about what to do if real-life situations, as the one portrayed on the show, were to occur. Two notable episodes dealt with the consequences of alcoholism. In Season 5, Willis moves out of the penthouse to live with a friend who abuses alcohol. In Season 7, Arnold must deal with a classmate whom he catches drinking a thermos of alcohol in the school bathroom. And it's interesting about this kid, I can't remember the character's name, but I know that character because that kid, if you've seen The Wonder Years, Season 2, the episode Fate, that kid plays Eddie Panetti. He plays a bully also in Small Wonder, and I think he also is kind of sort of like a bullyish type in an episode of The Wonder Years. That kid was definitely typecast. In the final season, when the sitcom moved from NBC to ABC, the one-hour season opener revolved around Sam being kidnapped by a bereaved father played by Royce D. Applegate, hoping to replace his own dead son. In other notable episodes, the family discovered that Kimberly was suffering from bulimia, which I watched that episode and I was just thinking of the Full House episode, um... The Shape Up episode where DJ needs to fit into a, uh, lose weight to fit into a bathing suit for her friend Kimmy's uh, swimsuit or um, party thing. And just like, that one, between the two of them, I just, I felt like they could have done more with this bulimia. I mean, they do show her like eating a lot of, like a whole cake. And then she'd go to the bathroom and you hear her go, but Jeremy was like, but you don't hear anything actually coming out and like spilling and you hear the toilet flush, but, and just, just thinking about, you know, like at the end, like when she's co confronted with it by her father and Maggie and it's just, I don't know. I just felt like there could have been more. And even with, with uh, Candace Cameron doing the shape up episode, and everything where it sees her actually not eating and just like licking um, water on a stick or you know for three days she was skipping breakfast lunch and dinner how the family really didn't notice that because DJ probably made excuses and stuff like that like oh I'm going over to Kimmy's and this and that like oh I'll get something on the way just probably making excuses and stuff like that and then she like goes overboard when it comes to going to the gym and she goes crazy on one of those stair steppers and passes out due to the fact she hasn't eaten for three days and she just did a crazy workout and everything and she at one point she even goes over to the scale and checks it's like weight doesn't fall off of you magically anyway um Another episode from season eight is where Arnold and Ar Arnold and Sam meet Karen, uh, who's a street performer. After a performance, she has an epileptic seizure, and Sam is scared, thinking she's dying. The boys then feel uncomfortable around her, and when she they begin making jokes about her seizures, they find out that housekeeper Pearl herself has epilepsy. But unlike Karen, she controls her seizures by taking medication. And 
In that episode, Karen does reveal that at one time she was a kindergarten teacher. She had had a seizure in front of children. Of course, it scared them. Parents were freaked out. So they, in turn, probably went to the school board or the principal and saying, we need to have you remove her because we don't feel that it's safe for her to be around the children. And of course... If you're just kind of, you know, she's panhandling on the street making, you know, doing magic tricks and all that stuff. Of course, you don't have insurance. You're not going to be able to get the medication that you need. So, but I uh, definitely am going to cover that podcast, up, that that episode, because that was a good one. It really, really was. Um, I don't know any show that is handled, uh, as far as a sitcom, that has handled a medical issue as far as a seizure, so. Alright, so yeah, I pretty much just gave you an overview of the seasons, the characters, the storylines, stuff like that. So pretty much all the information that I gave you over the course of 40 minutes can be found on the Wikipedia page. Now, I plan to start, like I said, it's going to be a monthly podcast to start out and then later on, maybe farther, much farther down the year, when Silver Spoons is done, then this will maybe become a bi-weekly podcast or even a weekly podcast at some point. So, of course, the first episode I'm going to cover on the podcast is going to be the pilot, season one, episode one, entitled Moving In, which aired on November uh, November. 3rd, 1978, and here is the synopsis for that. Philip Drummond is a wealthy Manhattan industrialist who takes in Arnold and Willis Jackson, the two sons of his late housekeeper. Drummond is white and the boys are black. Arnold, age 8, is excited about the opportunity of a privileged life, but Willis, age 13, feels that Mr. Drummond is trying to buy their love with expensive gifts. Yeah, like I said, Willis walks in there and he has got his foot like one's in the door one's out the door he's not a hundred percent ready to accept this new life that he's been given he's got a chip on his shoulder he's like got one foot in harlem and one foot in on park park avenue so but of course you know for every kid's going to be different you're going to need a period of adjustment granted you know arnold is eight he is open to new opportunities and just he sees this place as a palace so yes i will cover the first episode in spring so most likely in early april and then we'll just kind of go from there um i think i want to take a trip through season one select episodes and then kind of go through the seasons and stuff you know here and there or maybe move around and jump, you know, back and forth. I just, I don't know yet. I don't know. It's still, it's all kind of in the development stage. But I just want to give you guys a little semi-info dump and just my my plans for, for the show. Like I said, it's very near, near and dear to my heart. And I love the characters and the storylines. And it just, this show means so much to me. And, you know, I will treat it with the utmost respect and love. That I did as I was watching it so that being said as I've said there is a Facebook page if you want to go and follow that you can do so it's different strokes to move the world an unofficial different strokes podcast and also on Instagram you can find it at punky power PB podcast that is where you will find um, 
all of the episodes of Punky Brewster are on SoundCloud. Currently, seasons one through three of Silver Spoons are also covered on SoundCloud on iTunes. That's kind of what I wanted to do, is I wanted to keep the shows under the same NBC umbrella, so. So yeah, I'm looking, like I said, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to you guys, hopefully, looking forward to it, and just, you know, having fun with it, and maybe even doing little, little trivia, maybe a giveaway here or there, coming up, like, maybe during the summer or something like that, so, Yeah. That's it, guys. That is it. Um, the podcast is not going to have an its own email address. It's just going to be under punkypowerpbpodcast at gmail.com. So I will include that in the description. Have a wonderful 2020, everybody, and I will be back here in April. Bye-bye.